Hi, this is Mark, and thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. Are you listening to God? Listening might be the hardest thing for all of us to do, wouldn't you agree? Uh, when our parents really wanted us to hear something important, what would they say? Now listen up. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, when I was playing in sports as a teen in high school, when my coaches wanted us to hear some of his instructions, he would say, okay, listen up, boys. One of the hallmark verses in the Bible for Christians is found in James chapter 1, verse 19, where he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. You see, we're told so often, both by authorities around us and by God's word itself, to be quick to listen for a reason. It's because apparently it's in our nature not to listen. <laughs> uh, well, I can think of some people in scriptures who were slow to listen. And well, it got them into big trouble. Let's think about Jonah, who refused to listen to God. And you remember that he took a ship in the opposite direction where, from where God had called him to go and preach repentance. And he ended up in a horrible storm, risking the lives of the sailors he was with and his own life. He finally realized that God sent the storm because of his disobedience. And he told the sailors just to throw him overboard. Well, you know, I, I think Jonah was so desperate and he was under such conviction for disobeying God that he thought uh, that if he just got thrown overboard, he'd be done with the whole thing. <laughs> But God had other plans for Jonah. God raised up a big fish who swallowed Jonah alive, and it was from the belly of that fish that Jonah finally called out to God for help. And afterwards, God used him to bring about the biggest revival in history when he preached in Nineveh. But here's the point. Listening, not listening to God, not only endangers us, but it endangers those around us. Think about those sailors. And when I think of not listening to God, I also think of King Saul. Well, he was the first king anointed by God to rule over Israel. God had great plans for Saul. And in return for obedience to God, God said that he had blessed Saul and his kingdom. But instead, Saul followed his own advice and he disobeyed the voice of God over and over and over again. And he even made up excuses for his dis disobedience. He was never repentant. And as a result, God stripped Saul of the kingdom and gave it to David. <clears throat> you see, Saul thought that he was being smart and clever and making good decisions. But it was his disobedience that eventually cost him his life and that of his son as well. What about the great Abraham? We go, whoa, now wait a minute. Abraham, are you serious? We usually think of him as a great man of faith who followed God without hesitation from the Ur of the Chaldeans to the land God promised to him. And he did do that. And God promised that in return for his obedience, he'd give him a son and that his people would grow into a great nation who would serve God. But as soon as Abraham reached the promised land, what did he do? Well, there was a severe famine in the land. 
And so he decided maybe it would be smart to take he and his family and all of his flocks and herds to Egypt to find food and water. God never told him to do that. He never told him to go to Egypt. And Abraham never asked God about the matter. As a result, he ended up lying about his wife being his sister. Well, she technically was his half-sister, but she was his wife. As a result, Pharaoh thought that she was unmarried, took her to be his wife. Man, that could have been a disastrous thing if God hadn't have intervened. And then he ended up getting a concubine from Egypt that he took back to Israel with him. And when he and Sarah got impatient with waiting God and God for a son, Sarah suggested that they have a son through the concubine. Well, they did. And Ishmael was born, the father of the Arab nation. And the Arabs and the Israelites have been battling with each other ever since. You see, not listening to God has consequences far greater than we can even imagine, spanning even through the generations. Or how about King David? Oh man, you didn't want me to mention him, did you? The man after God's own heart? There were times when he didn't listen to God. You remember that towards the end of his life and his reign, he sent his general to number his army. Well, his general even warned him against doing such a thing because he was showing more trust in the strength of his army than he was in God. But David was insistent. I mean, he was the king. So, you know, you don't you don't say no to the king. And so they went out and they numbered the army. And when the general got back and told David the news, David felt guilty and he confessed it to God, but his disobedience cost him dearly. And God sent a death angel among the people and thousands were killed as a result of David not listening to God. You see, not listening to God always carries consequences. Or let's think about the children of Israel. God sent Moses to Egypt to deliver them from captivity. Why? Well, because they were crying out to him for help, which he did. He did help. And he performs numbers of miracles for them in the wilderness to show them that they could trust him. He parted the Red Sea that, so that they could escape from the Egyptians, their enemies. He gave them water out of a rock and made bitter water sweet. And he sent manna and doves from heaven to nourish them. And yet, when the 12 spies come back from spying out the promised land, 10 of the spies said that they couldn't conquer the land. The walls are too high. The giants are too big. And so God didn't allow them to enter. And as a result, they wandered another 40 years around in the wilderness and the promised land was in sight the entire time. But an entire generation died in the wilderness, never experiencing the great promises of God. And again, we see how not listening to God, not trusting him, has its consequences. I think of another example, that of the wicked kings who ruled over Israel. You see, God had promised them through David and through David's son Solomon that if his people would simply listen to his commands and obey them, and if they refrained from worshiping foreign gods, 
that he would be with them and bless them and protect them. But then Solomon himself allowed his foreign wives to sway his allegiance away from God, and he began offering sacrifices on the altars of false gods, and it destroyed his kingdom. From from there on, uh, there was a split kingdom after Solomon died. And now we have Israel and Judah. And one after another, the kings who began to rule worshipped false gods. And as a result, God turned them over to their enemies. And then a king would rise up who worshipped the true God, and he would deliver them and bless them. But then the next king would worship the false gods, and again, they would be punished. It was like a yo-yo. You would think that they would learn their lesson, but they didn't. And there was consequences every time for not listening to God. For example, just this week I was reading in 1 Kings chapter 20 about the demise of King Ahab. He was one of the most wicked of the kings. But God still, in his grace, attempted to win him over by delivering him from his enemies. In fact, in chapter 20, the king of Syria was attacking Israel with a huge army, a lot bigger than what uh, Ahab had. And God said, however, that he would deliver Ahab from his enemies, and he did. And the king of Syria, he fled to a city called Aphek, and he went into an inner chamber to hide. Let me read the account for you. 1 Kings chapter 20, verses 31 to 34. Ben-Hadad also fled and entered an inner chamber in the city. And a servant said to him, Behold now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Let us put sackcloth around our waists and ropes on our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will spare your life. In other words, they're throwing themselves on the mercy of, of the king. And so they tied sackcloth around their waists and put ropes on their heads and went to the king of Israel. And they said, your servant Ben-Hadad says, please let me live. And he said, does he still live? He's my brother. Now the men were watching for a sign and they quickly took it up from him and said, yes, your brother had Ben-Hadad. Then he said, go and bring them. Then Ben-Hadad came out to him. You know, they're all happy. They think that this is going to be a great thing. Ben-Hadad came out to him and he caused him to come into the inner, uh, up into his chariot. And Ben-Hadad said, the cities that my father took from your father, I will restore. Now he's make, trying to make a deal with them, right? And you may establish bazaars for yourself in Damascus, as my father did in Samaria. And Ahab said, now listen to this, I will let you go on these terms. So he made a covenant with them and he let him go. Nice guy, right? I mean, look, he made a peace deal with Ben-Hadad and all is well, right? Wrong. Listen to what happens next. Now, a certain man of the sons of the prophets said to his fellow at the command of the Lord, strike me, please. But the man refused to strike him. And he said to him, because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, behold, as soon as you have gone from me, a lion will strike you down. And as soon as he had departed from him, a lion met him and struck him down. And then he found another man. Strike me, please. And the man struck him, struck him and wounded him. And so the, the, the prophet departed and waited for the king, by the way, disguising himself 
with a bandage over his eyes. And as the king passed, he cried to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and behold, a soldier turned and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. And as a servant was busy here and there, he was gone. The king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. And then he hurried to take the bandage away from his eyes. And the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. And he said to him, Thus says the Lord, because you have let go out of your hand the man whom I devoted to destruction, therefore your life shall be for his life and your people for his people. And the king of Israel went to his house, vexed and sullen, and came to Samaria. You see, God had given the command to destroy their enemy and said that he would even help Ahab do that. Well, but Ahab, he thought that his plan was better and he he let his enemy go. Ahab ended up suffering the consequences of not listening to God with his very life. Remember back to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, when the prophet Samuel told Saul, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. You see, when God gives us a word, he expects nothing less than absolute obedience. It wasn't that any of those we've been talking about didn't hear the voice of God, but it's just that they decided not to listen and obey. They thought their plan was better. And you know, Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. God gave us all of these stories in the Old Testament for our instructions as lessons we can learn from, so that we would be encouraged in our own lives to listen and obey God's word which in turn gives us hope. And so here's my question for you today. Are you listening to the voice of God? Oh, you might be reading his word, but are you really listening? The proof of you listening will be whether you obey. Thanks for listening to this today. And I hope you'll come back next week.